honey on my lips. The psalmist said in Psalm 19 verse 10 about the word of God that it is sweeter than honey. Join Lady Reverend Adelaide Hayward Mills. Life has a way of dishing out to us things that we did not expect. Sometimes it's a dream that seems to be delayed. Many times you see a man, you know, he has a good job, he's a cool dude, his suit is smart, and you think, when I marry him, everything will be together. The unexpected is unexpected from our perspective, but from God's perspective, it is not unexpected. On Sweet Melodies 94.3, as she puts the honey of God's word on your lips, equipping you for all facets of life, this and every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Honey on my lips will change your life, preach good news to the poor, set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, bring recovery of sight to the blind, and proclaim God's year of Jubilee. Honey on my lips. Mmm. Saturdays at 9 a.m. on Sweet Melodies. Blessed by God as you tune in to Lady Reverend Adelaide Pewart Mills. This is a continuation of the previous message. Honey on my lips. The psalmist said in Psalm 19 verse 10 about the word of God that it is sweeter than honey. Join Lady Reverend Adelaide Hayward Mills. Life has a way of dishing out to us things that we did not expect. Sometimes it's a dream that seems to be delayed. Many times you see a man, you know, he has a good job, he's a cool dude, his suit is smart, and you think, when I marry him, everything will be together. The unexpected is unexpected from our perspective, but from God's perspective, it is not unexpected. On Sweet Melodies 94.3, as she puts the honey of God's word on your lips, equipping you for all facets of life, this and every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Honey on my lips will change your life, preach good news to the poor, set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, bring recovery of sight to the blind, and proclaim God's year of Jubilee. Honey on my lips. Mmm. Saturdays at 9 a.m. on Sweet Melodies. Blessed by God as you tune in to Lady Reverend Adelaide Pewart Mills. Amen. How does the woman with direction find her vision? By being obedient in seemingly little things. By being obedient in seemingly little things. Amen. Jesus' apostles, when he called them, they didn't know what they could do and what they could not do. He gave them many menial tasks that people sometimes don't want to do in the work of God. He fed the, uh, the 5,000 with the 12 baskets and the disciples who took it around. Some of you would have said, I thought it was a lady's job. But the apostles did it. And when they finished, he said, collect all the crumbs. They did. 
And when he was going to do the Passover, I said, Peter, go. You will see a man in front. Tie the camel and bring it. He said, since when? I've always been a fisherman. Since when did I start to uh, tie camels? Some of you say, oh, I want to be an apostle. You don't just get up and be an apostle. You become an apostle by sharing bread and collecting crumbs. My husband says the only job that starts from the top is grave digging and well digging. But every job starts from somewhere. And you never know what God will make you. I have a, a bit of a problem with charismatic teachings that, you know, you must position yourself and then God will... A lot of it is might. The Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. I think it's faithfulness. Faithfulness to whatever God gives you. Always finding something to do in the things of God. Just faithfulness. Because when I started ministering to women, there were just five women in a television classroom behind NTC. And by the grace of God, I can say with all honesty that I never prayed that give me an international ministry. Give me a large crowd to preach to. I don't care if I go to a meeting and there are two people. I will preach up as if I'm preaching to a thousand. Amen? And God gradually, gradually built that ministry and made it intercontinental. But it wasn't my mind or my vision. Even Lighthouse, when it was started, it was started with five people. And never in any of our prayer meetings did we pray that, make us this. You, you can't even, you see when the Bible says, uh, um, God is able to do far more exceedingly that we can imagine or think of or even ask him for, it is true. Because even your prayer topic does not reach what God will make you. It's just faithfulness. Faithfulness and loving God genuinely. Loving God for the right reasons. Loving God for the right motives. Not so that I'll be seen. Not so that men will give me applause and praise. But so that I will please him. Paul said, if I yet pleased men, I will not be a servant of God. A woman with directions is somebody who seeks to please God. Because it's God who has the direction for our lives. And he knows where he's bringing us to. Amen, ladies. Now, the Bible says that he will put enmity between the serpent and the woman. You overcome that enmity by rising up to use the spiritual weapons that God gives you. When you look at Ephesians 6, it talks about all the weapons and much more in other parts of the Bible. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The shield of faith. The preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, we don't even prepare the gospel. When I ask you, come, witness to this person. The best you can do is to invite the person to your church. You don't know how to lead people to Christ. You don't know even how to share your testimony. The blind man said, I was blind. But now, I can see. All that Paul spoke about all the time was his encounter with Jesus. On the road to Damascus. What testimony do you have? Why is it still within you? And you haven't spoken it. How can you find direction for your life? Amen. Your feet short with the preparation of the gospel. And take unto you the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When Jesus was tempted, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But most of you, when you have temptation, you say, chale, 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 I'm going through something, eh? Chale, 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 I don't know what to do. But you don't have any scripture. Because you haven't worked closely with God. Today's Christians are more program-oriented than God-oriented. We don't have any personal relationship with him. A woman with direction is somebody who knows God personally. 
Once I came from, from a meeting and the move of God had been so great and I just knelt down on my bedroom floor. I was alone and I said, God, you moved so powerfully. It's been so humbling. How could you have done such a great work? The miracles were stupendous. The move of God was, oh God, I'm so humbled. How could you do this? And then the Lord led me to, I think, look one, look ten. And he said to the disciples, rejoice not that demons fall before you, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So rejoice that you rather have a relationship with me. That's the most important thing. As you grow up as women with direction, there are times when you will come to a wall in your marriage. What will save you? Is the God that you have known. Like David said, the same God who delivered me from the bear and the lion, that same God will deliver me from Goliath. Because he had walked with him for a while. You must enrich your relationship with God. You must focus on quiet time. It's the little things. It's the verses I learned on campus that have stayed with me up to now. It's not that I'm some great encyclopedia or a great woman of the word, but it was a one, 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 one verses that told me, flee from all appearances of evil. That's what guided my life. That told me all things are lawful and all things are helpful. Don't do lawful things, do helpful things. All those things have built me to where I am and I've not yet reached. Amen. Amen. May you at the end of your life be able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. And I have finished my course. May God make you a woman with direction. It is said that women are their own worst enemies. If a woman's marriage is failing, it is often due to another woman just like herself. If she is being taken through terrible widowhood rights, it is her sisters-in-law and mother-in-law. If she is not moving forward, it is due to another lady boss or lady subordinate. But it doesn't have to be that way. When women decide to be each other's keeper, nothing can stop them from birthing their God-given desires. How do we achieve this? In this down-to-earth message, the things working on us that make it difficult for women to support each other as a great army, to stand and fight for the extension of God's kingdom, is revealed on a woman-to-woman basis. Woman-to-woman. Let's talk about our issues and get delivered. This and other Holy Ghost-filled messages through Lady Reverend Adelaide Howard Mills can be purchased from the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh Lighthouse Chapel International, North Kanishi. Welcome back. Praise the Lord and welcome to the question and answer segment of this program. I realize during my conferences and even after that we all come and we have questions, we have dilemmas, and we have issues. Everybody has issues, no matter who you are. The woman with the issue of blood was not the only woman with issues. Hers was an issue of blood, but we have issues in all our lives. And I am no wise sage or any super woman, but I know by experience. For the Bible says, I have learned by experience, you know. So I know by experience that the Bible has the answer, that the Bible is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path in a very dark and dreary world. 
And it is the counsel of God that by his grace I seek to bring to the people of God. I have no wisdom of my own, but only the wisdom that comes from above and the wisdom that comes from the word of God. Therefore, let us just relax, trust in the Holy Spirit to bring us answers, trust in the Holy Spirit to be a wonderful counselor in this segment, and trust God to bring us answers. Beloved, I am not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Cause Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. I know your skies are dark You think the sun won't shine In case you don't know But the word of God is true And everything he's promised He will do it for you That's the reason I say Jesus is blessed as you listen. Shall we pray? Father, you are the repository of all wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. We pray for godly counsel to come, for in a multitude of counsel there is safety. Thank you for the mind of Christ that we have. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right, quickly, Lady Pastor, what should you do when after talking to a friend to bring her on the right track, that is God's way, she feels offended that you have judged her? <laughs> I have a problem with what we call judgment nowadays in the kingdom of God. And in the book of John, the Bible says, judge righteous judgment. And we all judge ourselves and situations every day. Every day you judge to see, have I done right? Every day you judge to see, am I being fair? Every day you judge to see, is what I'm doing holy? It is part and parcel of our lives. So it's not every time somebody tells you that this is wrong, the person is being a judge. No, but we are supposed to judge righteous judgment. And also we are supposed to use grace and truth, not just truth. You don't just tell the person the truth, but you also use grace and mercy also to turn people around. Amen. So I would say that it depends on how you went about it. But if you went about it graciously as much as, so far as you are concerned, and the person still says you want to judge me, usually people don't want to change, and they use that as a covering. You are judging me. But if I'm judging you and it's true, just change. What's the problem? Allow God to change you. So, and also, it costs to stand for the truth. I lost some of my friends when I was on campus when I decided to go all out for Jesus. I was born again all right, but the Lord called me to a higher place of commitment. And when I took that decision, I lost many friends. So offenses are part of the Christian walk. You cannot please everybody. Paul said in the book of Galatians, if I yet pleased men, I, shall, I should not be the servant of God. So your main aim is not to please men, but to please God. So sometimes you may offend your friends because of what you believe and what you stand for. But just make sure that there's a good balance. Amen. Amen. Quickly, how do you cope with a man who is spiritual but does not really understand you, but says he really loves you? You don't cope. He loves you. <laughs> He's spiritual, but he says he doesn't understand you. It depends on what he doesn't understand you about. Like Lady Pastor Bridget Mayan would say, the key of acceptance, I really talk about our, our drive to change things we cannot change. For instance, usually opposite temperaments attract. So you marry somebody who is a different temperament from you. You are sanguine. You spread your things all over. He's melancholic. He packs all the things and he arranges his shirts by color and he whatever. But you are attracted to him. And you don't know that you are attracted to order because you have disorder in your life. <laughs> and then order doesn't also know that he's attracted to disorder because he's too structured and starchy. You know, so usually opposites attract without knowing. So when you get married, opposites attract. After marriage, they attack. So then you keep saying, I've told you, don't put your shoes here. Why? He's trying, but the shoes are always there. Or, you know, men like to put wet towels on the bed. And some of you can't stand it. I, I once counseled a lady. She cannot stand strands of hair on the soap. So she says to her husband, just bath. Do you understand? Don't put the soap like this. And he still puts it and it becomes a big argument because what comes easily to you may not come easily to the other person. So it depends on what brings the differences. But if he doesn't understand you, for instance, in your service of God, he doesn't understand you. Paying tithe, he doesn't understand you. Certain fundamental things or values, he doesn't understand you. Then that may mean that you may have to look at your relationship again. 
Do you understand? So you need agreement. Can any two work except they be agreed? At the same time, you will have a lot of variety because variety is the spice of life. You know, I counseled a couple. One said that I married her because as I scatter, she gathers. You see, so. I know I have a calling in my, on my life. I want to live for God and forget about the guy I'm going out with. But I don't know how. Besides, he doesn't even appreciate me and I'm hurting. Please, how do I forget him? By forgetting him. And how do I forget him and focus on God? Usually you're able to forget something when you fill your mind with something else. So it's time to turn away. And you say it's hurting. There's nothing in life that's not painful. A lot of things are painful. Even learning can be painful. But if it's, the Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So look at the joy that is set before you to help you to endure the pain. And God will bring you through. Amen. Please, when Genesis 2.18 says the woman is a help me to the man, does it mean she's to forget her vision and just concentrating on helping the man to meet or fulfill his vision or purpose? Sometimes. Like the example I gave you, two doctors have arrived in America. They all want to do masters. Whose own should come first? Yours or his? You are making children. Somebody has to start from home to look after the children. You can now start bickering. Why do you want to do masters before me? Why do you see, you should know all these things before you marry. And I'm telling you, you can't know everything. Do you see? So, although you should be a helpmeet, your first calling is to your husband. And he is also supposed to love you, cherish you, and encourage you. But in this situation, it's not that anybody wants to do anything bad to anybody. We are both at the threshold of masters. One person has to go before the other. Or financially, you cannot even support two people. One person has to work, and usually it's the woman, to support the man. Unfortunately, when the men become successful, they forget the person who started them on the road in the first place, and they start to shoot their mouth. But brothers, I'm persuaded better things of you. Amen. Remember when you were in Legon, all your ribs were showing, all your bones. Nobody liked you, but she said yes to you. Remember. When you become a big man, remember. When we become Christians, does God not take away the curse, the curse from Eve? Well, the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You know, but not a general curse. So the curse of childbearing, you are not really exonerated from it. But Timothy says that we will be saved in childbirth if we continue in faith and charity with good works. So it means that the childbirth will work or it will not take you through certain things because you believe in, you have worked in faith and charity with good works. But not that the whole curse is taken away. No, Christ redeemed us from the curse associated with the law. But not, the law hadn't come at this time. Do you understand? The fall of creation, the law hadn't come. Does your temperament affect your relationship? And which temperaments are the best for couples? None. <laughs> Temperament, I can't teach on it today, but it's about eye color, hair color. So you can't say which hair color is good, which type of ears are good, the rabbit ones or the ones that look small. You cannot tell. Temperaments are God-given. They are genetic, and there's nothing we can do. Every temperament has strengths and weaknesses, and you, you can't have insurance against that. They all have strengths and weaknesses. The melancholic is pepe, pepe, doing everything nicely, but at the end of the day, she will also put you in a line. 
Pepe, if you go out of the line, she cannot forgive easily and so many things. So I have preached on temperament, how to know your husband's temper, how to deal with your own temper. It's all there. So I pray that one day you'll be able to get material on that and be blessed. Amen. If you want to be in ministry, does it matter the person you get married to very much? Very much. Because not all people are interested in ministry. And even when men are interested in ministry, they are also interested in having a wife. Not only a minister. He married you because he was looking for a wife. Not because he was looking for a pastor. Amen. Amen. So sometimes women leave dirty dishes in their sink. Their whole house is in disorder and they are casting out demons at Makola. No. It's not supposed to be that way. The Bible says you must be able to take care of your own, your own home, your own. Otherwise, you are an infidel, you know. I used to think that when we go for a meeting, the anointing is great and the Holy Ghost has moved. When we get home, we will just sleep. But no, when you get home, your husband becomes an ordinary man. He wants to eat. He wants to be blessed in the bedroom. Everything normal. So don't think that you are going to eat the anointing and then you will sleep with grace. There's nothing like that. But it matters who you marry because vision is important. The reason why we have die vision is when people have two different visions. Do you see? So you must try and believe God to marry somebody who will encourage you to answer the call of God on your life, encourage you to walk in the things of God. But having said that, the, I'm saying that the man may encourage you to walk in the call, to, but he still needs a wife. Amen. He doesn't need a pastor. Neither does he need his mother, another person to be his mother. He needs a wife. So may the Lord prepare you because many of you in this generation, you cannot cook. And when you cook, we cannot eat it. <laughs> and you are always asking your beloved, where are we eating out today? It's time to eat in, in, in. Amen. So you have to be a balanced, godly woman because the Bible says that a false balance Proverbs 11 verse 1 is an abomination to God. The Bible says the older woman should teach you to take care of the home. Take care of the home. Take care of the home. Make the home a place where the husband will feel like coming to. Not that when he's coming, he knows that he's coming to meet Jata. You will have World War I. After that, he won't eat. And these are not myths. I'm a pastor. Even in pastoral marriages, some men go home. Some of them have fainted from hunger. Some ladies have asked me, Lady Reverend, if we eat yogurt and fruit in the evening, is, not, is that not enough? You have married an Ashanti man, he does not want yogurt and fruit. So you better be prepared for marriage before you marry. Those who love you do not, do not come your way. Those you do not like, especially boys. Who don't take their spiritual life serious? Do you accept this one because he loves you or still wait for the spiritual ones? I would say that you should wait for the right person. But in saying that, most women are also too fussy. And most women are looking for things that don't exist. God has not created them yet. The beautiful ones or the handsome ones are not yet born. Amen. So you are looking for this. You are looking for that. There's no perfect person. You know? And marriage takes more than love. It's not just love. If we love each other, so we are going, no. What's his vision? What are his values? Does, is he God-fearing? And even as you work on the stage of life, the person can change. 
So that one, you need the Holy Spirit to lead you. Amen. So sisters, don't look at the brothers as they are now. They are not a finished product, but they are going somewhere. Eh? But you look at them and say, no, 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 look at his trousers. No, no, you see, I had a friend on campus, and I always say that I regret that we were her counselors. Because coming from a girl's school, she had all these people who proposed to her. And then we would laugh and say, oh, no, 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 his trousers are not straight. Oh, you don't like them? Some of them will write some notes to her. When I saw you under the moonlight, hey, moonlight, man. Do you know that? It came to a point my friend didn't, almost didn't marry. And when I look back, I feel so bad. Because she got such wonderful people. Even one of them was my husband's friend. And my husband told me, hey, it looks like your friend, it will work. I said, it will never work. When he comes, he will fall down him like that, flat. My husband said, oh, but when we went to the north for Gamsu, and he came, and he bought her the bag, she was very happy. I said, she was very happy, but she has told me she doesn't like him. So why doesn't she like him? I said, no, come on, you're dead, or you're boring. Okay, but you see, those days, you say boring, but those are the God-fearing ones. You want the ones with raps that will lie to you, sisters. So we should look at the right parameters. Sometimes it's not that God has not blessed, but we are too fussy. Sometimes somebody told me, I don't want to marry a short man that I'll be knocking like this. I want, I want a tall man so that when he calls me, I'll say, yes, my Lord. <laughs> Things that do not, they don't, uh, they don't uh, determine whether a marriage will work or not. Sometimes a person is a godly man. He loves you. He has character. He's good. You won't look at that. You are looking at the one who can say, hey, baby. When we came to first year, we were invited to a party. And when we opened the card, we said, wow. The card said, tall hunk of a tall tapper, love lapper, and this is the gapper, Mr. P. It's happening in our next A. And we're like, hey. Hey, Oh, The things that we value when we are young is so unfortunate. So sometimes... A man may not have so many raps, he may not lie to you so much, but he loves God, he's okay, and you can work on him. I had a sister, she said that she doesn't want to marry this guy because he picks his nose. <laughs> and I said, he's a nice guy, he can change. My mother always says, beans, what a thing. You nurture a man, you know. She said, oh, no, 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 no. Another one came, she said, he has a tribal mark. Another one came, she said that when she looks at him, he will be bald. Going on to 40, nobody. Is it that God did not bless? God blessed, but you didn't use the right parameters. So don't be funny, sisters. Amen. Please, I'm in a dilemma. Two men are in love with me. Then you are some way. But one is pastor. It's a pastor. And the other ran away from being a pastor. And they both want me to support their vision. What do I do? How are you related to two men? Two men are in love with you. You don't know whose vision. Why should you have two men in your lives? In your life? You have to decide which one you want and settle down. And then give your support to whichever you have chosen. And allow God and good counsel to help you make the right decision. Amen. We are about ending, don't worry. How do I place God above logical explanations of dead situations? 
By having faith. Faith is evidence of things not seen. Faith is not logic. Faith is having confidence in the sovereignty of God. Having confidence in the fact that all things work together for good. All things may not be good. Just like the watcher seller. Her tomatoes is rotten. Her pepper is half whatever. But when she mixes it, it works together for your good. You even queue for it. In the same way, not all the experiences in your life will be good. But believe that God is able to make all things work together for your good. He has promised to give you beauty for ashes, but he didn't tell you how. So it's a, it's, it's a sticky place to come to. But help, uh, pray to him to help you to trust him. Because God really makes something beautiful out of messy situations. Amen. So don't use logic. What if the man is good and a Christian, but not very spiritual? I don't know what you mean by very spiritual. Maybe you say he's a Christian, but he doesn't have a personal relationship with God, or his personal relationship with God is not so rich. I think that all that matters. For me, it matters that the person should fear God, not half and half. It matters that the person should be committed, not half and half. So I think that should matter to you too. Amen. How do you know she's the one when you meet her? You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to be led by the Word of God. You have to be led by good counsel. The word of God says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Many of you will marry unbelievers, unfortunately. Many. And then later when I see you, you have become a woman of a glow, an auntie, and you'll be telling me, Lady Reverend, tell them it's true. Don't use your life as an experiment. Don't let the, uh, Satan deceive you. He says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has Christ with Belial? And what concord, concord has light with darkness, you know, or righteousness with unrighteousness. You don't have anything in common. So follow the word of God. It will bring you into a good place. And then, I'm in the ministry. And my beloved, he's a pastor, but sometimes we get too intimate. Whether he's a pastor or not, the word of God is the same for everybody. Which makes us worried because we feel we are not fulfilling our ministry. This one has nothing to do with ministry, just the fruits of the spirit we are zealous to do the work of God what can we do God is not calling us just for works God is also looking for character the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience gentleness and all that you know and he says you shall be holy unto me it's all part of God's word so you can't just be zealous for God and live anyhow do you understand your body your body is a temple so Seek help now. Stop trying to help each other because it's obvious that you are both in a pit. So seek help now. Be open now. And also young people, you do a lot of impractical things. You are on fire for the girl. She is also on fire for you. Then you go to a room which is dark. You lock the door and you say that we are waiting on the Lord. Why? Well, why do you put yourself... Bible says, make no provision for the flesh. Ephesians 4. Make no provision for the flesh. But we make provision. Oh, flesh, come. I even have food for you. Flesh, sit down. I've even laid the bed. What? Why? What? You, you have to be real with yourself that your emotions, your hormones, your, they are alive and well. You know? So he says, oh, you've come. Yeah, come and sit on my lap and let's study. Come on, question. You should know that it is going to end you in the wrong place. Amen. 
why do you stay with the woman? You say you are counseling her the whole time alone in your room. Why? Why? The Bible says flee youthful lusts. It didn't say stand there and discuss. Stand there and negotiate. He said flee. Flee is between flying and walking. When Joseph was with Potiphar's wife, she didn't sit down to explain 10 reasons why I can't fornicate with you. He just ran. We must learn to flee. We must learn to run away from temptation and not invite it. Amen. I think I'm done. Ah, okay. Just two more. Two more. Mommy, please, shall I be worried if at the age of 25 years I've not entered into a single relationship? I don't think so. I don't think so. By the grace of God, I married my first beloved. Amen. It's by the grace of God. And you know, as a young Christian, it's something I asked God for. I said, God, I want you to help me. And I don't think I had any great faith. I think it was just quiet, maybe childlike faith. But I said, God, I don't want to know any man before I get married. And I don't want the man to also know another woman before we get married. And Lord, if only you will keep me and help me to marry my first boyfriend. That time we used to say boyfriend. I thank you for that. And God did just that, you know. So God will also do that for you. So keep yourself and trust God. But also examine yourself because some of us are too antisocial. A woman must be approachable. I used to have a sister. My, my father used to tell her, you must smile. A woman's magnet is smiling. And she said, Daddy, please, that's how my face is. My father said, then you will change your face today. <laughs> if it takes plastic surgery, whatever, your face will change today. You know, and how right he was. A woman must be approachable. I'm sure that when you listen to how to be found, how to be marriageable, it will show you that. But sometimes they say hello to you after UCF meeting, you are like this, like starch. Hi. You are never interested in anybody else. You don't say, oh, brother, how are you? come and then when he comes to your room oh I have some tea can I share it with you not as a trap but just as Christian love you know some of you you are so proud high and mighty we can't even approach you just, hey how will you get married sister losing up a bit amen a woman must be approachable Abigail was approachable Rebecca was approachable at the well when Abraham's servant came Eliza, he was able to approach her. Oh, are you this person's daughter? Please, can you give my camel some water? And some of you, the way you are, when you are standing by the well, we, we are afraid to ask you to water our camels. We must be joking. Even the, the look that you will give us, we'll never recover from it. So be delivered from pride and walk in humility in accordance with God's word. Amen. If you get to the stage of courtship as a woman of direction, do you still allow your beloved to control you since he's supposed to be the head? How do I love God and still love my beloved? Oh, the both are united. The two are interconnected. In fact, if you don't love God, you can't love your beloved adequately. Because in marriage, there are times when you have to live 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 because love suffers long. Most of you, you read romantic books and you watched romantic movies. And you watch Chewa part one and two. And you thought that love does not suffer. But the Bible will tell you that love suffers. When you are in love with somebody, you suffer. 
because you are related to the person. That's why when the person does something, it pains you. And then it doesn't only suffer, it suffers long. It's not in any romantic novel, you know. So you need to love God before you can adequately love your beloved. God bless you all. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kanishi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.